We're listening to uh, Tristan Edibles on 4th Ave.
fun just uh like i play the whole song myself on different instruments that would be i think um i think that's a good idea i think people would dig that like shakira be like shakira having her own band can't beat these charges three weeks ago michael connex dj doj prosecutor persecutor layout nightmare news for Oh, this sounds great. Let's hear it again. Okay, so Harry, let's just jump Harry right into it because nice. today is love Harry. Today is the day. I and love it, Harry. I love it, Harry. 
Anything stand out today as unusual, or would you say that the arraignment, the indictment of Donald J. Trump, former president of the United States for felonies, federal felonies, or would you say it went pretty textbook? Yeah, that is what I'd say. You know, I, I was thinking about it in advance and realized you often have to throw out the book with Trump, but arraignments, Michael, are typically pretty routine and sleepy affairs. This one was the same. Trump didn't even say anything, unlike in Manhattan, where he snarled out, not guilty. He kept his arms crossed uh, across his chest and had what's probably familiar to you, his kind of irritated look. His attorney got up and said not guilty. He was able to avoid um, properly. They didn't change the rules on him, but they applied it so he didn't have to have the, the, uh, the mug shot. And he, he got fingerprinted, but electronically he didn't have to soil his fingers. It all was very brief. There's some important points that we thought we might learn, like when, when, what's the schedule, what's happening next, that we didn't because this was just the duty magistrate, not even canon's magistrate. So there's going to be some important points later that would have been noteworthy had they happened today as it was. With both him and Nada, it was quite routine. You know, but there were some interesting things that I found. For example, um, they didn't take his passport. I know at mine, they did. Uh, he is unrestricted in terms of leaving the country, which, again, I find somewhat interesting. They also claim that he's permitted to have firearms. Now, that could possibly be only because it's Florida, right? And they've now all gone gun crazy over there anyway. Yeah. But I thought that was unusual because generally... Right. Uh, you want to take away the firearms of somebody who's going through this. I don't care whether you're Michael Cohen, Donald Trump, or John or Jane Doe. You go to some pretty low places. So the fact that they would allow him to maintain firearms, I thought was interesting. There's also the whole part about him not being permitted to speak with outside of counsel any of the potential witnesses. But here's the interesting thing. They didn't go ahead and say who the witnesses are. I thought that was unusual. And here's why. Here's what I think was happening. This guy is the duty magistrate. He's not even Cannon's normal magistrate. So I think all of this was just sort of routine. It's a really good point you make that I hadn't known about the, about the guns. Um, but he was just doing the least possible. It can all be revisited. I think there will be a formal determination of his conditions of release. Um, and, you know, even that they that they didn't take uh, things from him and the like where they did from you represents a judgment provisional by this first guy. He doesn't want to upset the apple cart that guy's got Secret Service protection running for president. He's, you know, he's not going to be able to easily run. He will show up for uh, court. But the, the, it, it wasn't final. He wanted he wanted to just get through it. And the next thing we're going to have, and it'll be much more illuminating, is uh, I think Cannon either will say, here's a scheduling order, or I think more likely she'll have a scheduling conference. The lawyers will show up. And then there'd be time for that. One quick point on the witnesses. You're right. 
That was noteworthy, and I very much expect that was run by Cannon. And, you know, Trump has a real history. Well, you know it personally. Um, Meadows reaches out to you and says, you have a friend in high places, or whatever it was, plates and tampering. Um, so that was probably um, special for him and arranged in advance. The one point is, I think um, uh, preliminarily it includes NALTA. I don't know if that's going to hold up, Michael. They're, they're co-conspirators. They have a right to prepare a defense together, and I don't think they're going to be able to keep him from, from uh, talk, talking even about the case. Other than that, it's all, all um, routine stuff except this witness stuff, and I think that you know, Cannon is well aware of. So this is a guy who just wanted to get past that day and not screw things up and, and uh, prejudice the, the case by Cannon to come in and take over, God forbid, but it looks like it's happening. Well, then he was very smart to keep his mouth shut because every time Donald opens his mouth, it, it creates a shitstorm on top of a shitstorm. You know, CNN... Well, he's a, as, we, as we tape, though, in a couple hours, he'll be opening his mouth big time, right? He's going to hold a little rally at Bet at Bedminster in an hour or two. So, you know, we'll hear... Yeah, actually, that. believe it or not, it's more than a rally. It's a fundraiser. I mean, really? talk about the absolute unmitigated gall. I mean, you know, here's how CNN politics online that they put it. His appearance is earth-shaking, an even tragic moment in the history of a republic that has endured for, for more than two centuries after being founded on the principle that no leader has absolute power or should be above laws that apply to other citizens. I mean... The, the absolute unmitigated goal that now he's going to have a fundraiser off a federal indictment, 37 counts, and they're serious, 37 counts, where if you want to have dinner with Donald tonight, it will cost you $100,000 per head. The invitation throw in, out. I hear, I hear, Michael, he may throw in, though, a, a free classified document for everyone. Um, yeah, look. <laughs> by the way, by the way, then I would be in on that one. Right. Trust me, if, if it's anything like what Kushner pulled down, right, right. you could pull a lot more than a hundred grand. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny, we're living through them, so in a way we don't appreciate this what? It has to be the most important criminal prosecution in the history of the United States. It has to be the biggest, strongest, most important political test of whether our leaders are men or kings. And we're living through it. So it all, sometimes it's big for us, seismic even. But sometimes I think even folks like you and I don't fully appreciate just how big the, the events we're living through. It's, you know, it's really true. This is so fundamental and could so shape our republic going forward. Man, it is immense. I mean, he now holds a very unique place in our history. Not only is he the first former president to be indicted for state charges, he is now the first former president to be indicted for federal charges. In fact, couple the two together, he is the first former president of the United States, to be indicted on both state and federal charges. And yet, nothing stops the grip, right? I mean, he's out there. Don't I will tell stop. you that CNN further went Don't on and said something which I find absolutely accurate. I find it disheartening. They write that today, 
is a grave day that will rip an even deeper divide in an already estranged country, especially given that Trump supporters have already once resorted to violence, right, in their bid to overturn the will of the people after the um, ex-president Trump refused to accept his loss. Now, I will say that I called it. I said it the other day on television, and I said it last week also when the announcement first came out, that I don't think there's going to be the violence that Donald legitimately wanted. I mean, he enjoys that sort of, um, you know, melee, the fracas. I mean, he, he enjoys that, especially if it's being done in his honor. But we didn't see that at all. I mean, oh my God, all of a sudden you see on television one guy gets wrestled down to the ground by one police officer. They cuff him. They take him away. We have that shit happening in the city every, on every other street corner, right? This was, what, 1,000 people that showed up? 1,200 people that showed up? I actually walked past Trump Tower uh, shortly while, you know, before this thing was going on. There were like 30 people in front of Trump Tower at total. And this is not what he expected it would be. Even the number of people that lined the street. There were more people at a high school football championship game than there were at this. And I think that's also very telling on where his popularity is going. And I say it's waning. Yeah, look, it sure feels that way that the, that the thrill has gone, of course. Kimberly Guilfoyle Jr.'s fiance said retribution is coming, and he, Trump, had unbelievably, I mean, you, you know, he's not leaving himself any rhetorical room, right? Or Biden, the most corrupt president in history, and whatever, like, running dog he called um, uh, Smith. But, yeah, it doesn't seem to be getting that much uh, purchase. On the other hand, pretty big chunk of Republicans are, uh, a certain, you know, saying in polls it's, it's a political prosecution, but not only is there not the sort of uh, mob um, rule out there or, or you know, mob um, unrest, you're getting every day, you know, the Jim Jordans of the world came out with what they had to say before they'd even seen the indictment, but you're getting some grown-ups on the R side, you know, Bill Barr, your buddy for starters, but others as well who are understanding the gravity, especially the gravity of the charges and the um, monumental level of, of proof. So I agree, you know, none of this is going to, the scales won't fall from people's eyes immediately, but I think it erodes little by little and, it, it, you know, his political support uh, does wane. It would wane more if he were con convicted, and this case is very strong before the election. A big worry about canon is that won't happen. Nevertheless, you know, I gave up long ago, maybe you did too, about trying to actually um, suss out what's in his head. But um, the only, his only play, and he's given it for all it's worth, is to somehow become president because he's really laid his bed otherwise. So there's all kinds of nightmare scenarios. If he, if he comes out ahead in November 2024, a few ones if DeSantis does and a Republican uh, wins. But he seems to have totally committed to the political route and um, a, a concrete worry about Cannon and she'll let him 
pursue it. But we're going to have such an ugly year where, it, you know, everyone should be stepping back in society and like the socially accepted uh, means for resolving the serious disputes like this, a jury good and true. It won't be happening. He'll just be screaming at the top of his uh, lungs all through his campaigns and the like. And that means almost whatever happens, you're going to have a deep and partisan divide, as CNN said. We're living not only through very memorable, but very ugly days. And I think they're going to get uglier. If that's yeah, I agree with you on that. I will say one thing, though. One of the things Tim Tapper actually asked me when I was on CNN was about, um, well, he made a statement that the hush money falsification of business record um, matter. That's the New York District Attorney Alvin Brand case, the one that they're anticipating using me as a as a witness. Right. Uh, that it's not as significant as what we're seeing today, which is the retention of top secret documents and so on. And I didn't want to get into it with Jake uh, because it was a bifurcated question. So I decided to stick with the other half of the question, uh -huh. which was easier considering I had a truncated period of time within which to you know, respond. But I find it, I find it disrespectful in several, for, for really for multiple reasons, but I'll just mention two. First and foremost, all of a sudden everybody's become a professional handicapper, right? Like this is the fucking Belmont States. Everybody's a handicapper, and everybody, you know, well, this crime, eh, come on, payments to a porn star in order to affect an election, um, how about, you know, uh, the falsifying business records and so on, it's not as bad as maintaining and refusing to return classify top secret documents showing it to people like Kid Rock or God knows who else looking to it about to a journalist showing them uh, maybe selling them who knows what he's doing with them why is one crime comparable to another why are they equating one against the other they are and I want you to agree or disagree with me Harry Littman are they not both crimes? I know I went to prison for the hush money payment. I didn't falsify any bank records, but I went to prison for that. Why is it that Donald should be, um, should escape the same responsibility that I did, which again, I will always say that I did it the direction of the concert with and for the benefit of Donald J. Well, you learned the question, as is your moderator's right, because, yeah, of course they are both crimes. But you may remember, I got my head bit off by Nicole, our, our very good and much beloved friend, Nicole Wallace, on this, because I she was pushing, why didn't the Department of Justice bring this case? And I'm very strongly on record as saying that the Bragg case is righteous. It, well, you know, the top line might be payment to a porn star, but the real theme is uh, deceiving the American people so they couldn't, you know, make a uh, proper judgment about the election and, and his merits as a president. But what I said to Nicole Wallace, I would hope to, is that when talking about why should 
the department that brought or not brought. I said, well, it's relatively trivial. And she played gotcha with me and said, you said it was trivial. And I didn't say it was trivial. I did say that it was relatively trivial, and I would stand by that that point. You're, you're certainly right, and I agree that it's a righteous case, but th this one, where he's as president, so rankly and and with such damage, violates the um, his his role and arrogates to himself, treats you know the national um, resources as his own, doesn't distinguish perfectly indifferent to the the public interest, and then maybe endangers men and women around the world and our own national security. I would be glad to say that yep, you can compare felonies. You could compare a uh, an assault and a, and, uh, a murder, and that the Mar-a-Lago case that was brought, which I thought would be brought, is in fact more serious, more yeah. um, justified to use DOJ. So, on, so I'll stay to that point. But if you're asking, are they both crimes, and is Brad's case righteous? Uh, I'm I'm uh, with you there, but I think what other at least the context where which this has come up before has been the kind of complaints against uh, Garland, with whom I'm always considered, including my you, to be the uh, reflexive champion of. Why didn't he bring that very case? And what I said then, which is, man, if right out of the box he brought that case when there were others there that, you know, it would have really played as political. It's good the case was brought. It's good Bragg is bringing it. But this case that was brought last week, it in, in fact is um, more serious. And if you had to, you know, hope for a conviction for only one, I think most people would say that this, this is more important, not just what happened in the world, but what it shows about Trump as president and the damage he perpetrated on the country. Right. Let me say that the other reason why Bragg's case is a righteous case, why it's an important case, and regardless of who goes first, who yeah. goes second, who goes third, who's going to go fourth or even fifth, is irrelevant. The reason it's an important case is, unlike this specific case, which is federal, if Trump happens to be successful and pulls off the win, that doesn't put an end to the case with Bragg. That's a state case, and he cannot pardon himself from a state case. Only the governor could pardon him, uh, could pardon him, and highly doubtful that Hochul would do that. Don't know, but he could potentially, it's constitutionally unchallenged so far. I mean, we've never been in a situation like this, right. but a president has never pardoned himself. Um, he could do that, but it would have, again, no effect upon Bragg's case, which again, was an indictment by the state. So let me ask Can I make three quick points on that though? I know you're quoted for bear. So first, um, I, our, our buddy Andrew Weissman pointed this out. You know, the, no matter what happens, the federal case won't be all done because of appeals. And he's not, he won't have, I, I don't, I think the right answer is he can't pardon himself, but it doesn't matter because he can tell the DOJ to just dismiss a case that it hasn't gone to to um, final conviction, and that's what he would do here. Now, on New York, I, so I agree with you on, on Bragg and the other reason, but I, I also want to point out, we, you've talked about it, you're basically the genesis of the huge civil case brought by the New York AG, and she actually basically was saying today, we're going to all have to step back while the feds do their case, which I don't think is a necessary position. Yeah, I mean, me too. 
book it. And, you know, the feds is finishing their case. It could be a long time. So this is a case you know intimately, and really you help build as a citizen doing your duty, but really huge contribution to. And I think what she said, you know, is uh, was unfortunate, but and could well now come to pass. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. My hope is that that's not what happens. He needs to be, I'm not sure why one has to go before the other, before the other. So now if they ultimately decide to bring Georgia, would we say that Georgia is more significant than this? So then that this case then has to go on hold or right, in right, January 6th, which is the kappa of the kappa, right? All of a sudden, now wait, 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 that's been looking gone. good. We haven't been paying a lot of attention, but he's doing real things there, including just today putting in um, phony electors in, in the D.C. grand jury. That case would be in D.C. I think that one, you know, um, is, is likely to happen, too, and I would have been less uh, sure about that. But, but, you know, everything you say, I... Um, uh, agree with it's something they may have to work it out but why, why she said her initial position should be to, to hold is the civil case for god's sakes it makes no sense to me at all but let me ask you this harry how are titans that we're talking we're talking about today's today's case <laughs> the mishandling of the adoption <laughs> as well as almost anybody out there Nothing is ever a slam dunk, especially when you're talking about a slam dunk with Donald J. Trump, right? What should we, as the American, as the American people, what should we prepare ourselves for in this trial? Great question, uh, and I read this as a prosecutor first, first and foremost, and I'll tell you, yes, nothing's ever certain but I, it's a extremely strong case it, it's been from the start it's clear he did everything and the only possibility is does he have some kind of mental defense um uh, you know claim and he just doesn't there's just great evidence that he knows what the rules uh were that he knows that all his stuff now is concocted oh i could uh, declassified it and they've played they tapes and other things that show it so i would have said um you know i when i read it i was like how are they going to present it it's sort of i would say very 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 strong and then the uh the wild card happened of judge cannon so any district court judge i've been you've probably been in this position yourself i have can whittle away at a case do bad legal rulings that take chunks of it out make it a lot harder, and then what should be a real, like, steep downhill roll to conviction becomes even uphill. So that's, you know, that's one of the concrete risks she presents. But just seeing the evidence and thinking about how a judge ought to try it, and what a judge ought to admit it is, way, way strong. One final point, you can imagine jury nullification or one or two Die-hard Trumpistas, you know, won't vote to convict. But in that event, the DOJ is all in. They would move to to retry him. So I, I, you know, I thought before. It's just, I bet the house on it. How's that? That that a jury will convict him. At the, but the question now becomes: Does Cannon have a way of essentially not completely eviscerating, but like? chopping off big chunks of the case in a way that makes it an uphill climb. The answer to that is yes. And then the question becomes, will she do it? And you know, does she stay on the case? And so let me just jump into that for a second, right? 
Um, she could potentially derail the case. As you said, she could provide delays, which we all know that that's Donald's playbook, delay, delay, delay. In my specific case, the one that he brought against me for the $500 million, right. his lawyer actually asked my counsel whether or not in the discovery we can hold off on doing depositions mm-hmm. till 90 days after the election. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had to set up not a chance, trader. that whole meet and confirm, you set up your discovery schedule. Well, we wanted immediate depositions. And since Donald is the plaintiff, obviously his deposition is needed. And so when the councils met to confer and to create the schedule, we wanted the deposition within 90 days, which is the rules. And he wanted it 90 days after the election. So it goes to the whole point of delay, delay, delay. But what do you think? I'll just add one quick thing. I know you got a question coming, but that's sort of that's the sort of thing that a district court judge has extraordinary discretion over. He stands up and gives some, you know, somebody's uh, cousin's getting up our mitts, but we need six months. Uh, You know, she really can't. Obviously, that's a caricature, but it's just a very hard thing to reverse if if she goes with him on on big chunks of delay. We'll see as a first instance. When he's got yeah, out because everyone quits on him, well, if they get up and say, oh, we need four months to familiarize yourself, and what does she do with that? But you were on the on the cusp of question, I interrupted. That, that's well, really the question. What do you think that a judge canon derailment would look like? I'm going to say this, and maybe I'm being not Michael for a moment, yeah. and I'm not being my sarcastic, pessimistic self. I don't think she's going to derail shit. I really don't. I don't think that she's going to do what so many in the media are already claiming that, you know, she can do, she will do. Look, she was already reprimanded once, and that was a bad move on her behalf. If you look at other judges that were appointed by Trump, they didn't do even what she did before. I don't believe... Knowing that the whole world is watching this case, I don't believe that she's going to do what so many people are already, you know, holding her accountable for. You are one sunny New Yorker, maybe she moved to Florida, because when that happened before, remember, she got seriously slapped around, and she just doubled down. And she doesn't even have to do it in in a nefarious way. She can just, like be rolled easily by Trump's lawyer saying we need time for X, Y, or um, or Z. So even if she's kind of trying, I, I'm really, you, you need, look what's happening in Manhattan or other, you need somebody with a firm hand and at best, she, she doesn't have that and she's obviously, you know, really is um, uh, um, affectionate or something toward the president who appointed her in the last hours of his administration. I don't know. It's just, you need to actually stand up and have some spine and, and experience, I think, to keep this on schedule. You saw, again, in New York, Merchant said, this is going that day. Put it in your calendar now. I don't see that uh, happening. And I just want to say... 
I'm not a Trump lover, you're not a Trump lover, but even if I were, if you love Trump, hate him, or are undecided, it's really an imperative democratically to know is this guy convicted for these serious crimes or not when you decide whether to fool the lever for him in November 2024. And in that sense, a delay that puts the case till after that does a grave service to the democracy itself. But I think it's pretty likely now. So then let me ask you. Yeah. So of the 37 charges that were levied against Trump, which ones do you think are the most serious? Like, when I say which ones are the most serious, they're all serious, obviously, right? The mishandling of the documents, the obstruction of justice. So which one of these will create the worst prison sentence for Trump? If he's convicted, 37 charges, what's the likelihood that he will be found guilty on all 37 charges? It's just probably not very likely there will be some that they will say, you know, we got to give him something, right? He'll have a defense for some of them. But which are the more serious charges? And if he is found guilty of that charge... What kind of sentence do you think that he could be facing? I'm really glad you asked that, because people just are all over the map and not understanding it. It's that form, that familiar dynamic where the statute says 20 years and people have them up to 1,000 years, but it really depends on the guidelines. But I know the guidelines, and I can tell you. First, the Espionage Act, the 31 charges are the most serious, and even one of them would produce the result I'm going to get to in a moment. The other ones are medium serious. Uh, for Nalta, uh, you know, he could have had that false statement only, probably walked without jail time, but now he's looking at a conspiracy to obstruct. So back to Trump. You com- convict him on one, you convict him on 31. Basically, the way the guidelines work is you're looking at 20 years, essentially. You start at a certain level, you add how serious they were, maybe you add leadership role, and on the grid, on the guidelines, anyone with any questions, I just did something on my, that Dr. Smith now has a YouTube channel, and there's a thing just about this sentence where I marched through it, but you're looking at certainly a life sentence for someone who turned 77, I think, today. So the other ones are, and then the others follow, they might be concurrent or they might not be, the guidelines don't make that clear, and of course a judge can, can depart, but I can tell you the most serious because you, I just, you just have to know how the guidelines work, and those are any or all of the espionage charges, 31 would be, wouldn't change the sentence versus one, and you just add it all up, including abuse of trust probably since he was president, and leadership role and obstruction as part of, of what he did. Um, and you're looking at a range of like 210 to 250 months, something like that. Now, you know, you can imagine, even as angry as you justifiably are at Trump, that, that you know, there would be an overall kind of Solomonic decision to say, do we really want him to die in prison or even to go in there? But that's one of the corollaries, it seems yeah, to me, do. that it's now going by the book with Smith. They, they could have 
um, impose that kind of, you know, we'll go light on him, but get him out of the political system or whatever. You see, but now, the last so really with the, let me just very quickly, was when he didn't plead. Now, if he's convicted, even the judge who departs a lot, I don't, the DOJ, I think, kind of has to ask for serious jail time. And a judge kind of has to, well, I don't know, has to, but we'll see. Then it would come down to, like, clemency. And again, then there's his wild card, his, you know, the joker in the deck, which is if he's elected president and he can make it all go away. And the answer is he could make it all go away. Right. So let me say, and again, I'm going to now stun you. By saying, I don't want to see him behind yeah. bars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Not that. because he doesn't deserve it. Not because I wouldn't want to one day be able to sit across the table from him and ask him, how was your experience? Yeah. Was it as bad as mine? How was the, how was the food? Sleep? What about the toilets? Right. right. Did, you, did you suffer the way that I did? Did you... Think at all about what you did when you had me unconstitutionally remanded? Well, the answer is I'll never have that opportunity. But I'm thinking more about the United States of America and the, the danger that Donald Trump poses. This is a man who, even though it was two, three years ago, for four years he received national security briefings. And while he's an idiot... Mm -hmm. And I say it disrespectfully, he's a fucking idiot. There's still enough that's in that head of his that could pose great danger to this country, to our national security. Lord knows, we don't even know who he showed half the information to. We don't know who has copies of those documents. You know, I saw a photo of one of the rooms, and they circled something, and they said that that's a photocopy. Well, why would a photocopy be inside a storage room? First of all, I'm not so sure that it is. I tried to blow it up, but by blowing it up, I over-pixelated the picture, and you can't really see what it is to me. It's, I could not tell you emphatically that that's a copier, but that's what's being reported. If, in fact, that's true, that's fucked up. That's really dangerous if it's a scanner, a copier. You know, this is really bad stuff. You know... It brings me to a really random question that I want to throw by you. Because I've asked this question to a few people only because a very good friend of mine asked me, and I really don't know the answer to it. If Trump does indeed have to go to prison, does he lose his Secret Service details, <laughs> or do they have to go to prison with him and protect him right on the inside? Yeah, this one of all these imponderables because they never faced it before. I'll give you my sense of what would happen is that at that point, there is a, he's got a constitutional right for protection, but at that point it would be taken over by the Bureau of Prisons. They, the Secret Service wouldn't live with, and they'd be part of the uh, planning and on the, on the job for how he gets the protection to which he's entitled. But I just can't see them, um, you know, taking over because there's special security considerations and the like for the Bureau of Prisons. But all of this is, you know, it's, it's unprecedented. Let me say one thing, though. You have to admit that's funny, though. I mean, it's every, a funny you know, thought, I mean, right? It's mordant, uh, you know, many, many points of black humor here. But, but I, um, I do think this, this is the important thing. Again, if he wins, you pointed out, well, you know, there's George.
Florida, you can't pardon yourself from Georgia. You can't pardon yourself from Manhattan. But even though they never ruled it, I think the the Supreme Court would find that, that the Constitution requires that his sentence be put on ice while he serves. In other words, while theoretically oh, you think fuck, about no. scenarios where he's not just incarcerated, but the President of the United States incarcerated, fuck and no I way. think the um, you know you can't you can't like invite the uh, you know North Park North Korea president like the North Park to come and um, and meet in uh, Leavenworth. So they, we don't know it yet, but I think the court would discern a principle that would basically, you know, make him be able to serve his whole term. As I say, he's 77 today. Even if he gets sentenced to jail, maybe he doesn't get sentenced to jail. All dependent, of course, on what this is in your and my expertise, but has to be considered alongside that he win the presidency. But but um, of the many different like hypotheticals here, the one that I'm confident of, even. No, there's no law on it yet. Is that the president uh, wouldn't wouldn't have to serve his sentence during his or her presidency?